Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm in my early 20s and man, has it been full of shit shows. <laughs> it's been great. It's been career changes, industry changes, pivots, highs, lows, crying, happy, everything in between. And it's been great. And I just really wanted to create the show to hopefully share with you guys that we all go through the craziness of our 20s. We all go through these shit show moments and we all grow through them. And I hope that you're able to see yourself in some of these stories. And if any of these episodes resonate with you, I would love for you to share it with a friend as well as leave me a review on iTunes. It really helps. And if you want to connect with me, my Instagram's the shit show in my 20s. And yeah, without further ado, let's get going. Today's guest is Megan. I love chatting with her. Megan is your partner in health. Megan Bliss is a private high-level health consultant based in Utah. She works with stay-at-home moms and athletes as an integrative medicine practitioner and board-certified family nurse practitioner. Megan brings nearly 20 years of experience working in the health industry virtually to those that need it. For those who are in the state of Utah, she's able to guide them through her programs as a licensed nurse practitioner in her live health practice. As a functionally trained health practitioner, Megan is now able to serve clients all over the country using her innovative Handle Your Hormones program in either a group or one-on-one format. In this episode, we go into so many incredible things from signs that your hormones are off, what to start to do, when's a good time to start doing testing, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Megan, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And yes, I would say that my 20s were very much that. And now I'm not in my 20s anymore. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was supposed to be like the prime of your life. And mine, I felt absolutely terrible for a good majority of my 20s. And I was, I mean, I was in school, I had young babies, and then my husband went to grad school and I was working and so many things happening that I was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) 20s are not fun sometimes. Awesome. If you were to narrow it down to like one moment, you would call your shit show moment, like you're like really break even moment, like I need to try something different, like really like a growth moment that kind of sucks in the moment. What moment would you say that is for you? Um, probably when I literally pooped my pants on my way to work when I was working in a hospital as a nurse. That was so much fun and literally the epitome of everything that you're saying here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, that sounds like not so much fun. (laughs) Nope, I knew that like I just had to get things figured out because what adult likes to know that they have a tendency to have that happen on their way to work. Yeah. Well, and like, how did you go from like working at a hospital to the work you're doing now? And like, how did you get into like helping people with their hormones? Yeah. So I worked as a nurse for several years. I was in a big hospital and working like in an ICU and ERs and just all over in that hospital. And I was burned out and was exhausted and knew it wasn't something that I wanted to sustain for years and years and years. And so then I applied to go to nurse practice 
pediatrician or schooling, which I did. And it was great. I actually thought I wanted to go into pediatrics after NP school. But then I just, it was right after the recession. And I was like, I'm going to take any job that I can. And so I took a job in family care. And naturally, I think women gravitate towards women healthcare providers. And so I would have so many women coming in, sitting at my exam table, and they were like, I'm exhausted. I feel like I have no patience with my kids. I'm gaining weight or I can't lose things. I'm trying so hard to balance and juggle all of these plates in my life. And I am just floundering. And I was like sitting on my little rolly chair and nodding my head and going, yeah, I, I, I get that because I felt the same way too. But unfortunately, just like traditional medicine and the way it is, it really doesn't get down to the bottom of what women are dealing with. And so many women, it's almost like there's this cultural understanding, I guess we'll say, that... Well, it it's, couldn't be your hormones because they fluctuate so often. So it's not worth checking that. Or of course you're tired because you're a mom or you're getting older. And it's like, um, no, I'm, I'm not 60 yet. It's not like I'm, I should be feeling like a geriatric woman, you know? And so then I, I was like, there's got to be a better way. And so I totally started digging into and doing as much research into what lab work that we could do and look into. Unfortunately, a lot of women's labs came back normal. And I was like, ah, oh, there's got to be something else. And I would even draw hormone labs on them. And it was like, nothing, everything would come back normal. And I was so frustrated for them, for myself, because we just were not getting down to what was actually happening. And then really the standard of care is put them on birth control or to regulate cycles if they had cycle issues or an antidepressant, which I'm not against by any means if they're needed, you know, but so many women were like, I just don't feel like that's supposed to be what I'm needing. I just feel like there's something in me and it's signaling and giving me some red flags that I need to do digging. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I kept digging and specialty testing when I was exposed to more of a functional integrative approach and some specialty testing and a little bit more natural integrative protocols. That's when the magic finally started happening. And I was able to really finally get down to the bottom of hormone health. Wow, that's amazing. And like for someone who's like frustrated, like it's kind of frustrating when you go to doctors and they just want to give you pills. They don't really want to go into like the root of what's happening. What like tips do you have for someone who's maybe experiencing that right now and it's kind of like frustrated with the whole process? Yeah, I it's it's hard. It's hard because I see it from both sides. I was both of those people. I was that frustrated woman who wanted the help so desperately. But then I was also the provider that knew I didn't have the tools to help them. And sometimes as providers, we feel like, oh, this person's not going to walk away feeling like it was worth it to come in for an appointment unless I give them a pill. And I remember distinctly when I was working in family practice, it was I had probably been graduated a year. I was finally starting to get into a routine. And I was like, oh, so if I hear a symptom that somebody's complaining of, any symptom, whether it be sore throat or tiredness or something, and I can find a medication or just something I can prescribe that will help with that symptom, they're going to leave here a little bit more satisfied with the care I'm giving them. Because this was at a time too, when people were almost a little bit mad when you didn't prescribe antibiotics, when they really didn't need it, you know, and we were still transitioning out of needing 
antibiotics for every runny nose and all of that. And so when I identified that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so broken. Just all together, it's not serving people the way they need to be served. And I was just like, there's got to be better. There's got to be better. So, so yeah, it's, as far as tips go, I would think under, I, I would say understanding kind of that model of care and just knowing that it really is like, okay, here's a symptom. Here's a diagnosis. This is a protocol that works for most people. And that's what all the literature suggests. And, and, and then another thing would be communicating with them. If you do get a phone call or get told that, oh, everything is normal, you're, you're totally fine, or it's just a little bit of low vitamin D, maybe saying, okay, I will try that for, for how many weeks? And then can I call you back? What would be our next step into figuring out what's going on? Because sometimes they're not going to give the next step or they don't know the next step. But if you kind of reach out to them and be like, what's my next step? Because I'm just not feeling any better. I'm willing, I'm committed, I'm ready for guidance. So that would probably be my biggest tip. And would you like when you start to like notice like maybe something's off in their energy levels, would you suggest going to like a normal doctor first or would you suggest maybe going to like a natural path or going somewhere else first? Like where would you go? And that's where family care, like we need modern medicine. We do. It's beautiful. It does amazing things. We need it for so many, so many acute illnesses and all of that. But unfortunately, the model for a woman who feels tired, it's not set up that way. So really the best thing you can do is, is within yourself and start focusing on hormone habits, like making sure that you're going to bed at a decent hour instead of staying up and binging Netflix, or making sure that you're eating lots of green vegetables and enough protein, because a lot of women struggle getting enough of the key nutrients that are necessary for our hormone balance. And then making sure you're doing what you can to manage stress. Like I said, like my 20s, very stressful period of my life. There's a lot going on. I don't feel like I really worked to nurture skills and tools to be able to sustain the stress that I was under. I was just like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. It's this phase of life. But there really is a lot that we can do to help us cope with these everyday stressors better. So making sure we're moving is another thing. I know it's really, really hard. I was once there that I was exhausted and the thoughts of peeling myself off the couch were just excruciating when I wasn't working. And so getting into a good movement habit and not exercising too much, but not too little. So there's simple things that you can do and you don't need the extra help with, but when you're still just not feeling good and you feel like you've tried to do all these habit changes, then working with somebody who has more of a functional integrative approach. And I, and I would say more specifically, somebody who knows the ins and outs of hormones. Mm. And what are like some signs that we could kind of start to tell like, okay, something's off, like something's not normal here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause hormones are the most powerful chemical messengers in our body. They are beautiful and they, they work throughout our entire body. They communicate with our neurotransmitters, with everything in our body. And so when there is things that are off, it really can impact our moods, our energy levels, our metabolism, our heart, our muscle strength, so many things it can affect. So it's not necessarily just things that you think 
think are hormonal, it's going to be other things too. Like if you're feeling a little bit more snappy, irritable, like I call it the tolerate crap threshold. If your tolerate crap threshold is just like, it only takes like a small little thing to really set me off. And you know, there might be something going on there. And really by the time it gets down to downstream to like periods are irregular or they're terrible or you've got a lot of weight gain or insomnia is another one or your hair is falling out. And those are kind of like the last things. And there's a few billboard symptoms is what I call them. So it's the symptoms that a lot of times we ignore the things that nobody else can see. And we're like, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going to put it aside. I've got other priorities. But when those billboard symptoms, the things that people can see actually start coming out like our weight gain, our hair falling out, skin issues, acne, rashes, stuff like that, then women tend to decide to finally do something about it. But, but really, it's the other stuff that really should be a signal to start working on our hormone health before it gets to those billboard symptoms. And that's going to be, like I said, that irritability, impatience, um, not sleeping well, our energy levels being down. We could have some chin hairs creeping up up in there. So even itching, just feeling itching all over our skin can be a sign of hormonal issues. So there, there's a lot. There's a lot. Well, there's so many signs. Yeah. I love how you mentioned that threshold because sometimes that threshold could be very low. Yeah. And notice on like timing of cycle too, because sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I can tell with ovulation, like if I'm supposed to be ovulating, then I'm a little bit more snappy or right before your cycle starts. Because right before your cycle starts, you have this big drop in estrogen and progesterone and sometimes it can take that threshold and bring it right down and then all anybody needs to do is breathe within your bubble and you're like I am going to rip your face off (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like during your period do you notice like a drop in terms of like energy is there anything you specifically do around that time to like maybe support your hormones better anything you suggest during that time yeah yeah you can have a drop of energy I actually see that drop starting to happen before the period starts. Progesterone, it's a very calming hormone, very relaxing hormone, but when it gets high, it can almost like bring things down a little bit too much. And, th- and there's a lot of, a lot that goes into it, a lot of variables there, but you can feel that exhaustion. So really making sure you're keeping, and, and that exhaustion can also come from if menstruation is too heavy and you're losing a lot and you could be a little bit anemic and stuff like that. So it could be that you just need a little bit more iron rich foods like leafy green vegetables or a steak or something like that in order to help boost those energy levels. But also, I think a lot of women take that as, oh, I'm just gonna not do anything. But when it, in regards to exercise, it is actually one of the best times to strength train because our female hormones are at a, a very similar level to men's hormones during that phase of your cycle. And so it's actually a really good time to get maximum benefit fits from strength training. Hmm. I didn't know that about strength yeah. training. Yeah, kind of crazy. Time. Yeah. Well, and like, do you recommend going to see like a functional medicine doctor, even though everything's going well, maybe like there's no visible signs, you don't feel anything? 
anything, you don't think anything's off, is it good to check even if you don't see any of those signs or feel any different? I mean, I think so, but I'm a little bit nerdy. So I do like data and I like, okay, where can I optimize things? Sure, I'm not feeling absolutely terrible right now, but where can I optimize? What if I could feel 10% better? Or, you know, what if there's something that I'm just subconsciously ignoring, you know, and just like brushing it under the rug or thinking it's just a normal part of life? What if there's something? So I do feel like it can be very, very, very beneficial to work with a functional or integrative or holistic provider to just see where you can optimize things for sure. And I think Mm. every woman should get their hormones checked with specialty testing at least every five years throughout their life. Okay. And are they able to tell you like the levels and what you're missing or like what kind of comes out of that experience? Yeah. So you can, it's not just when you use specialty testing, it's not just looking at, okay, you're deficient in this or whatever. It's, it's looking at the balance between all of the hormones, because that's really where the beauty comes is making sure that there is a good balance between all the hormones. If you have a little bit more testosterone, then you've got estrogen in the whole balance realm. It can still throw your body off a little bit. So that's where the specialty testing is really great. It takes into consideration women's menstrual cycles, their supplementation, if they've had hysterectomies or if they haven't had hysterectomies or where they're at in their cycle. It takes all of that into consideration and then really looks at where things are balancing and seeing if things are detoxing well. Hmm, That would be helpful to know. Yes. Yeah. I've like read a couple things on this and I'm going to be honest, I love caffeine. (laughs) Thoughts on caffeine and hormones and like, does it affect your hormones? Should we avoid coffee? I mean, if you're drinking eight cups of coffee every single day, um, yeah, there's there needs to be a slight intervention, but I am not a practitioner that's going to say you have to completely avoid things. And coffee actually has a high mold quantity a lot of the times, traditional coffee. So you got to be careful of that for several reasons. But when it comes to caffeine, yeah, what that can do is it can like jack up your cortisol, which then that will interfere with the rest of your um, sex hormones because they are also intertwined. They are made by cholesterol and then they branch down. And so if all of that production is deferring towards your cortisol levels, you're stealing away from so many good things. So yeah, there's, there's a few times that I'm like, okay, how much caffeine are you consuming in a day and what type and where can we strategize? Still keep a love in there, you know, or maybe find a better substitution that's going to help with things. And I always say no caffeine after 2 p.m. because of the whole melatonin and cortisol dance. So I, I just have little parameters for myself. I have less than 100 milligrams a day. Do I still drink caffeine? I do. I do. But I only have less than 100 milligrams and it's right before exercise. So then I'm using it for that function instead of just surviving. And then I use um, more electrolytes for like the afternoon slump that a lot of women get. Hmm. I'm glad that you didn't say take it out completely. (laughs) Because I was like, gonna be like, oh, no. But that's, that's the thing is, it's like, if we are, if we are just focusing, if we're told, you can't have that. We're focusing on something. And then we're that's like all we can think about, you know, like, when I first started working on my health, I knew that gluten was a little bit of an issue. And it, you know, when I had that hospital on my way to work incident where I crapped my pants, like I knew gluten was contributing there. But 
I, I couldn't wrap my mind around not never having a sugar cookie ever again. So I just put parameters on things. And now does it bother me nearly like it used to? No, but I've also built up habits to where it's not a regular or like an excessive consumption of things. And same, kind of the same thing with caffeine. I was drinking horrible, horribly high amounts of it and it was not doing me any favors. And then I just scaled back a little bit and kept a little bit in there. And it keeps that mind-body balance, I feel like. And what are like maybe some other things we don't think of that also have an effect on our hormones that we should be conscious of? What what comes to mind for you? Our period care products and our skincare and our shampoo and all of these things that we are slathering on us every single day or breathing in. Like I always see people going crazy on social media about Bath and Body Works sell. Oh my goodness, gotta get all my stuff when they're having a 50% off sell or whatever. And fragrance actually has a lot of chemicals that can really affect your hormones. So that's a big one. Our lotions that we are slathering on us. I used to think, oh, how is my lotion affecting internally? But our skin is the largest organ and it just sucks stuff in and it does affect so many things. So kind of a good rule of thumb if you won't squirt it in your mouth and swallow it, Maybe you shouldn't be applying it to your skin. And then our period care products, they are laced with some, with a lot of endocrine disruptors, which endocrine disruptors are things that affect the hormones. And they, I, I've had women who all they do is switch from conventional tampons and pads and they switch to like a menstrual disc or cup or something like that. And their periods go from being like 10 out of 10 terrible to like a three out of 10 totally manageable. So even just that one shift has been huge for a lot of women. Wow. It's crazy to think just changing that one thing mm-hmm. can have such a big effect. Yep. And there is there a particular like brands you like or like for lotions or like fragrances, like ingredients you're looking out for or like special things to be like aware of? Parabens, phthalates, like there's so sulfates. Yeah, there's so many ingredients that are honestly terrible for us. Luckily, I feel like more and more companies are getting to the point where they there's more options out there. It used to be so hard to find products with clean ingredients in it, but I feel like it's getting so much easier. So you can find them and do you have to do everything, all the products that I recommend? No, but I, I do have on my website, meganbliss.com. I do have some resources and links of ones that I have vetted and are good. And so I do have those things, but even just going back to the basics, coconut oil is so good. It's, it's so good for your skin. I use it for mouthwash. I use it for intimate lube, that type of stuff. Like it, it get just something simple like that can actually replace a lot of things. But yeah, I, I've got a list of resources in on my website too that can be helpful. And there's menstrual discs and organic tampons and pads. And I used to think, oh, I'm not gonna pay the extra for that. But when you feel the difference in your cycles, like, oh, it's so worth a little bit extra money every single month. <laughs> Awesome. And what are some ways, like, if, like, someone's noticing they have, like, low energy, maybe they're trying to, like, cut down, like, half of their caffeine intake, what are, like, some natural ways that could help them, like, boost their energy? Electrolytes. Electrolytes are amazing. So even just getting 
and this sounds disgusting, but a teaspoon of either sea salt, Himalayan salt. I use Redmond. Redmond is the company that I use. A teaspoon of one of these salts, putting it on your tongue and swigging some water. That can actually be super beneficial to improve your energy levels. Um, but then other nutrients like magnesium and potassium and vitamin D, all of these things are very, very helpful, along with making nutritional changes too. That's interesting to put salt on your tongue. Yeah. Never done I was that before. Very skeptical initially. I was like, really, really? But but it, it there's been so many studies that show it's actually more effective than caffeine or a pre-workout and all of that stuff. Electrolytes are huge. Wow. Do you do that daily? Uh no, I don't I'm I'm not at a point anymore where I have to do that daily, but I've not I've just been able to evolve to implement little things like this on a consistent basis that now it's not anything that I have to consciously think about. I add electrolytes to just like my water here. And so I'm consuming them more regularly than I used to. And just small little changes time over time. And what are some signs maybe that like our periods off, maybe like it's not as manageable as like the average one. What are some things to look out for? One thing I went and spoke to a group of teenagers, teenage girls. And because I remember being a teenager and I remember being doubled over in pain, cramping on my cycle and thinking it was just normal. And that's just the way it was. And so I told these girls, I said, did you know it is not normal? Yes, it is common, but it is not normal to have excessive cramping and super heavy periods and all of that. And this one girl, it was so funny. It was like a cartoon, her jaw dropped and it it looked like she was on like a Looney Tunes cartoon or something because her jaw just went to the floor and she goes, it's not normal. And I said, no, 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 it is not normal there. That's actually a sign that you are either not detoxing your hormones well, or things are out of balance or even periods going longer in between can be another sign. Average woman is anywhere from like 25 days to 35 days of their cycle. And that's day one, the day your period starts to day one. So a full cycle is anywhere from 25 to 35 days. But if it is getting closer than that, like 21 days, or if it's like 37, 38 days in between, you know, of your menstrual cycle, then you know, there's some issues that are needing to be worked through. So helpful. And I remember being a teenager dealing with the same exact thing. I think there's so many that are and it's, it's really, really sad. And and truly just switching like your personal care products can make a world of difference. Plus then I also had the, I was terrible. I was the world's pickiest eater. I was that child that sat at the dinner table and I was not going to be eating those, that rabbit food. And I could not wait until I graduated high school and I could just live on Oreos and chocolate milk every day. That was, that was like my dream. It did not serve me well. So had I been able to get over myself a little bit, I guess we'll say, and be like, okay, I know you don't like vegetables, but eat them. It's going to make you feel better. So had I been able to be a little bit more nutritionally conscious and, and understand that it is affecting how I feel on a daily basis and switching my personal care products, even those two things could have made, I, cause I was pretty active. I, you know, I, I think a lot of teenagers are pretty active in their sports or whatever, but the nutrition goes a long ways. And then the products too. And even those simple swaps can make a world of difference.
nuts. I'm just imagining some Oreos and some chocolate milk every day. <laughs> and like how, uh, how that lunch go. and dinner of champions right here, which <laughs> did not serve me. <laughs> That's funny. And what sort of like diet do you think supports our hormones the most? Whatever diet you're going to be consistent with. <laughs> really, truly. I think trendy diets are out there and they're super, super tempting. They really are because you'll see a lot of women, oh, I had such great success with keto or intermittent fasting or whatever. And But really, nutrition needs to definitely be personalized. So I just have a few key things that I like to focus on. And first is making sure you're getting protein, vegetables, and healthy fats with every single meal. Making sure, yes, even breakfast. Because we are horribly under eating our vegetables and protein, to be honest, and then over consuming on our refined flours and sugars and all of that. So even just making sure you're having those and then making sure you're eating all three meals. A lot of women will say they're intermittent fasting as, and it's kind of a cover for, I don't like to eat breakfast and which is very common for women to not eat breakfast. But then I also see those women who aren't eating breakfast struggling hormonally, their metabolism, all of that. So making sure you're getting good three square meals a day and having lots of vegetables and adequate protein is, is the diet I like to follow and not necessarily any of the super trendy diets. I think some of those can mess with your mind because like I said, you've got to have a mind body balance in there. Mm, And is there any supplements that you take on the regular basis that you notice have helped? Yeah. Yeah. Magnesium is one of the best things that almost any human out there, almost every single one of us is deficient in magnesium because we, we go through it pretty fast. It gets utilized pretty fast. And if you look at what is necessary for the neurotransmitters and, you know, neurotransmitters all over, but in our nervous system to connect magnesium is like common denominator in there. And then for our hormones to convert and function and all of that, magnesium is one of the best things that people can implement into their lives. It'll help with cramps. It'll help with moods. It'll help with sleeping. It'll help energy levels. It'll help with so, so many things. So even simple magnesium can be a beautiful starting point. And there, there's several forms of magnesium. Magnesium citrate is gonna make you have a little diarrhea if your bowels are regular, but if you're constipated, it might be a better choice for a little bit. I prefer to just start with magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate. It kind of is a good little umbrella one, but then personalizing from there. And because there's lots of different forms of magnesium, we can pretty much all benefit from good B vitamins. And I like to say methylated B vitamins because a lot of women are walking around with genetic issues that make it so absorbing or converting B vitamins can be difficult. So methylated B vitamins are great. And yeah, I just like to make sure we're getting enough protein and vegetables and really just going back to the foundation of nutrition. Mm, I love magnesium. It's so beautiful. So right? good. She would be crowned prom queen, I swear. <laughs> and is there like a point where maybe you could take too much supplements in terms okay. of like taking all the, what do you think on that? Oh, totally. I think, I, I think we can over supplement and, and that's the thing you can't out supplement a bad diet. You really can't. So 
a lot, I'll get a lot of messages on social media. My kid is such a picky eater, which I totally get, obviously, because covering picky eater here. My kid is such a picky eater. What is the best vitamin to give them? And honestly, if you're not eating good, you're not going to absorb well because it's disrupting your gut. And so you're not going to absorb those vitamins efficiently. So it affect so many things. So you don't want to over, definitely don't want to overdo it in the supplement realm. And and sometimes when you do go working with a functional or integrative practitioner, they throw 50 supplements at you. You're like, oh my gosh, it feels like I'm taking an entire meal. So I like to strategize um, with my one-on-one clients that I work with. We look at genetics too, to be like, okay, genetics is like one of the very few things you can't control. Let's start there supplementing what is what you're struggling with from a genetic standpoint. And do you think think like going kind of like going back to the teenager example do you think there's an age that maybe is too early to look into this or too early to start like getting tested or do you feel like there's a certain age where we should start this process and looking into our hormones i teenage i mean any any woman from the time you start menstruating can have hormonal issues and then there's genetics in there too if you know if like you're a mom and you know those first few years were absolutely horrific for you you know then then yeah but like I said you can really start with just those simple lifestyle changes and just educating girls about that and that can make a world of difference but then if that's not enough then yes 100% go get working on things but I I just think it's important for women at least every five years to be looking at the hormones because we go through so many hormonal phases in our lives you know obviously we've got puberty and our adolescent years and then like our childbearing years and then and then you can start going through what's called perimenopause even in your 30s that can start happening and then there's menopause that happens in usually around the 50s but can happen or after that whatever so it's really good to keep a good eye on things so then things don't sneak up on you and like another thing that maybe we don't attribute to hormone issues and I don't know if this is like even going to resonate with your audience but midlife crisis have you ever heard of midlife crisis. Yeah, that is a hormonal shift. And a lot of times that it's almost like a personality change too. And some people go through it seamlessly, but others, it's a struggle during those 40s. And if you know ahead of time, oh, this could be my hormones. It's making me so that I cannot stand my partner or I, my family is betraying me, like feeling very victim, that can actually be your hormones making you feel like a victim. And, and I think that's one of those hidden symptoms that, oh my gosh, the world is coming at me. Every, everything seems wrong. I've got to change everything. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Could that be the quarter life crisis too? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I think so. I think at any point, if you're like, I'm feeling like I'm going through a life crisis, crisis, uh, get your hormones checked. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what are your thoughts on like exercise and over-exercising? Like what it, what would be amount that's like over-exercising? Yes. Exercising. Huge proponent of exercise. I was one of those that hated exercising, I but I was exhausted. And so the thoughts of exercising was just like, I, and I was busy. I could not fathom fitting it in. But now I'm like, oh, it is saving me in so many aspects of life that I've got to have a good routine with it. However, I've also worked on the other end of the spectrum. So you can kind of be, you know, any anywhere in that spectrum where it's like, 
I hate exercising, don't want to do it, can't get into a routine, or I thrive on exercise, I'm running marathons constantly, I'm a professional athlete, whatever. And sometimes those women I do have to tell to back it off a little bit because when you are overexerting yourself, if you're constantly in that fight or flight state where you're just overstimulated, your body is going to go into a coping mechanism and be like, yeah, I don't need to make babies right now because I am just trying to survive here or I don't need hair because I'm just trying to survive or, you know, and so it's, it's, we, we don't need these things. And so our body copes by just getting rid of our periods or something like that. I have a couple final questions for you. What's something you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you? Oh, What's something I do every day that's non-negotiable? It is movement. It really is movement for me. And like I said, I used to hate exercise. And it's not that I exercise every day, but I intentionally move every single day. I exercise five days a week, but then I have intentional movement the other couple. I used to just be a bump on a log. like. And then when I started, it was like, I could only do three days a week of exercise, if that. And then I moved up to four and then I moved up to five. But it really is movement. Movement keeps me going and doing movement morning time really helps with my energy levels. So I would say movement and meditation, the two M's are my non-negotiables every day. And what's the best piece of advice you've gotten recently? Ooh, best piece of advice I've gotten recently. This isn't recently, but it's something that I always come back to and it's how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. You know, you can't take the whole thing in. You've really got to just make small, simple shifts every single day What on whatever you're focusing on, whether you're trying to get through schooling or trying to get through motherhood or trying to improve your relationship with your partner, you know, like just one bite at a time, one step forward and don't give up hope. I love that because an elephant's huge. Like that seems like a very daunting task. It can seem very daunting, but one bite at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my final question for you is if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her or if you want to tell her nothing at all it's an option as well I mean you could look at that both ways I I mean my life has turned out beautiful to this point I mean I still feel like I'm pretty early in life in my mid-30s but um I feel like things are working out and there were points in my life when I just didn't think they would work out but there are things that would have made knowing a lot easier like sucking it up and eating broccoli or not living on caffeine or you know so a lot of nutritional and movement stuff I would have been like hey it's really gonna make you feel better if you just do that Uh, but but otherwise I don't yeah I don't think that there's anything that I would change because life is beautiful Mm -hmm. beautiful awesome I loved interviewing you today thank you for having me I loved being here Awesome. And where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? Yeah. So I, I have a website, makeabliss.com. I also have a hormone symptom checklist at checkhormones.com. If people are like, oh, I'm wondering, are my hormones wonky? I've got a checklist on there and what you can do about it. And then I'm also on social media. I'm on most of the social media platforms, Megan Bliss NP. TikTok and Instagram tend to be my two major playgrounds, but also showing up on the other ones too. Is your last name actually Bliss? It is. (laughs) Do you want to hear what my maiden name was? Yeah. Moody. Moody? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. You got one opposite, like complete opposite. Well, isn't it good that I went the other way? Like, that not from like bliss to 
moody. And it's so funny because my moody family are like the happiest people ever. And so it's so funny that we got the name Moody as the name. But yeah, yeah, my last name is Bliss. It's it's an amazing last name. And I'm very proud to have put it on my records. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.